All right, all right. Welcome back to the Scrug Show, where we talk about culture, we talk about our lives, and just everything that's going on. I'm your host, Attorney Natasha Scruggs. I'm here at Let It Fly Media, our friends who have gracefully curated this for us. So today we're going to talk about a few topics. The number one topic is uh, police brutality and the cases that are going on that everybody is talking about. And I have two great guests today. The first is attorney Christopher Scruggs, who is in Chicago, who's gonna talk to me. And then we have Wilson Blacks, who is actually in DC. So Christopher, welcome on. Hello. (laughs) Well, (laughs) his name is Scruggs. My name is Scruggs, that's my big brother. Uh, He's 19 months older than me and he is a newly barred Illinois attorney. So, Chris, how have you been feeling over the last, I would say, week, or it's actually over a week now, uh, since last Monday when uh, the George Floyd incident happened? I've been feeling really um, out of sorts, like not knowing how to feel, um, a lot of confusion, because a lot of killings, a lot of police killings of black men or black women have happened so often that when you see something pop up on your timeline, like, I don't know if it's an old case that the tape finally released. So I guess after the first couple of days, you know, once you see the George Floyd uh, footage, now I understand, okay, this is a brand new case. This just just happened. Um, But also at the same time, I feel really numb to it all because we see we've been following this type of violence for a long time and it just it just seems like nothing's ever going to happen with it yeah so when you i guess i know you didn't watch it but when you saw i know that you weren't able to avoid like clips or images or like pictures what did you think did you did you assume like this is going to be the one that took it to the next level or like what was your thoughts after like the initial shock or the initial numbness well, what I did see, like you saying, from the, the little small clips or pictures, is that it's hard to believe, it's hard to understand why somebody would put their knee on their neck, mm-hmm. on, on someone's neck. So that, that that just seems like really gruesome and really, uh, really just just hard to, to stomach and hard to deal with. But even at the same time, even with that brutality, I still didn't think that this would catch the type of fire that it did. I'm, I'm really happy it did, but um, like I said, murders and stuff on camera happen so often. Right. That it's, that it's hard to really, it's hard to really know, uh, you know, what is going to really set people off. Right. Well, you being an attorney and me being an attorney and we, we understand kind of the, the context. What is your opinion on number one, the initial, the initial charge against Derek Chauvin, who who is the person who killed and murdered George Floyd on camera, what is your initial response to that charge? And did you think that that initial charge of third degree murder plus a, a plus it was a uh, manslaughter charge, and it was only for one of the officers? Uh, what were your thoughts on that? The initial charge was. Um, kind of meant to protect the police officers and, and meant to kind of give them a slap on the wrist because a, a third degree murder when they when you read the uh, the actual statutes out there in Minnesota, 
Um, it's, it's such a low bar uh, when it comes to what this man did. This man literally uh, put all his body weight on the knee on someone's neck. He held them down. He, the man is telling him that he can't breathe, and other people are telling him that, that he can't breathe. But he still um, continues to choke this man out until he dies. And then even after he dies, um, even after he stops breathing, he still keeps his knee on his neck for two more minutes. So basically with that type of intention, mm-hmm. with him knowing, with him actually knowing that the man is dying and he still didn't do it, that's more of a first degree charge. That's right. more of an argument for the, for the highest, um, the highest murder there is as far as, as far as premeditated. Cause he's making He's making decisions in the moment not to, uh, allow this man to keep breathing, allow him to keep living. I agree with that. And my initial reaction when I saw it, and I made it available to people on my link tree because I wanted people to read it because sometimes I think that society can post a, they will post a headline and then they'll post a summary and they, the summary can be, you know, someone's opinion, you know? So I like to just go straight to the source and just look at exactly what was written. My initial reactions were, it was two things that stood out in the charge with me. And the and what stood out is number one, she said his height, and she said George Floyd, who is the victim in this case, is height and weight. I didn't understand why did she have to put that he was over six feet tall and over 200 pounds. When you're writing a charge for someone who is, as you're saying, committed murder, the victim's height and weight is not relevant in the charge, in the complaint. And then the second thing she did was she said that the medical examination, the medical examiner did not complete his examination. However, from what she saw, George Floyd had, you know, she said pulmonary something. She said hypertensive. And she also said something else. And she said it could have contributed to his death. That I've never, I've been looking at criminal cases for the last, over the last six years, but longer than that. But I'll just say the last six years, and I've never seen a prosecutor outline two possible defenses to to murder or two possible other causes of death in, in the complaint. And that made me, number one, not trust them. And number two, it made me look at them funny. Well, what do you think about that? No, but what I think, the reason why that's happening is because um, the prosecutor is also behaving like a defense attorney uh, for the officers at that point. Well, why Once would she start, do that? The reason why is because um, I guess that they're used to always just fully prosecuting citizens to the full extent of the law. But when it comes to police officers, um, you know, people, as far as prosecutors feel like they are on the same team and they have to protect each other or they have to, um, you know, make make sure that they're not getting too much um, punishment. So that's why they would, the prosecutor would add in the height and weight, which when it comes to murder, um, when it comes to any murder statute in the 50 states, it has nothing to do with how much the person weighs. <laughs> I love that. You know, I, I just like that. I like that statement, Chris, because I wouldn't even thought about that. 
it's it has nothing to do with it. It's literally you're 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 causing intent. the death of another. Of another, it, it, it deals with intent. It deals with um, <laughs> it deals with uh, mouth of forethought. It's, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But we talk about weight. We talk about a person's health. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of that stuff is is uh, is factored in when you actually are trying to meet the the requirements for a murder charge. So, so if that's the case, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but if that's the case, why would people run with it? Why would people run with the idea? Is it because the prosecutor said it or is it because the medical examiner said it? Because the medical examiner works very closely with the police, too. So what I mean, I'm just trying to figure out why would this narrative of George Floyd, con- they're basically trying to say he contributed or his health contributed to his death when he was a man walking around you know, normal five, ten minutes before that. The reason why people run with it, it is um, people want to hear evidence that backs up what they believe about authority and how they support authority. So people, I guess, I, I guess folks don't want to know that um, there's evil stuff happening in this world by anybody. It doesn't matter if it's a civilian if it's a uh, elected official, um, like a prosecutor or like um, an actual police officer, people just want to believe that um, they're not out here, you know, committing heinous acts. So, in order to in order to keep that idea going, they'll grasp at the first thing that says, "Okay, the officers wasn't at fault. This man's health was the problem." It's mm. it's it, it, not what the officers are, are actually doing. So, um, and also, people are, um, I guess, the right word is enamored by people in power. So, if, if someone in power says something, it must be right. Right. That's what and, I think. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I think like the issue use, is. People don't like to use common sense and, and actually think for themselves. They just want to kind of take information from someone else. That's the biggest even when, one. Even, even when on the camera you can see all of it is it, it, it false. Chris, I think that's – I never thought about that. I never thought about when someone has a title, and that makes it worse. And that's why if we want to get into why I believe it's first-degree murder, which I do believe that it's first-degree murder, and this is just for Derek, and I do want to include the other three. We can talk about them briefly. But Derek, the reason why regular third-degree – now, since then, the Attorney General of Minnesota – was appointed to take the case over. And when he took the case over, he took about four days and then he decided that, you know, I'm going to charge all the other three. I'm going to charge the other three officers with sec with accessory. Actually, I'm sorry, aiding and abetting third degree murder. So he charged them with aiding and abetting with third degree murder. And then he charged, then he quote unquote up the charge for Derek Chauvin to second degree. And I didn't think that second degree is enough. Just like I said, because in Minnesota, second degree murder requires intent to kill. So if he feels like Derek, he has enough for Derek Chauvin to be guilty of of intent to kill George Floyd, then the only additional piece that we need for first degree murder is premeditation. And just like you said, he took some time to think 
in between because we have a 10 minute video. The 10 minute video shows the full eight minutes and 46 seconds that Derek Chauvin was on George Floyd's neck in daytime. And that in that eight minutes and 46 seconds, there was a six minute break where in six minutes, the other off one of the other officers said, let me check his pulse. He doesn't have a pulse. And then he said, he doesn't have a pulse. Should we turn him on his side? And Derek Chauvin said, no. So if someone says a person that you're physically on doesn't have a pulse and you say no and you keep your knee on them, that's premeditated murder to me. That's very, that's, that's the evidence that kind of shows that this person doesn't have uh, respect for his life and that he's, that he's trying to stop him from having a pulse. Because yeah. the officer comes and tells you he doesn't have a pulse. Well, the next logical step is let's maybe give him CPR. Right. Let's call the ambulance. Let's do something to re- resuscitate him. Because it's not like he's been dead for a long time. Right. And so it, that, it, sorry, no, but yeah, I was just gonna say yes. If they would have, if, if if he, if you wanted to do that, which is heinous, then at that point, that's when you say, okay, let's call this. Let's call the EMS. Let's get his post back started. Let's take care of this person. If your intent was not for him to die, if your intent was just to, and that's what I'm saying. If his intent was not for him to die, and if he didn't premeditate killing him, then what was his intent? Because you can't say his intent was to restrain him. He had been restrained for six minutes and 40 seconds. So what else is the intent? What else are you planning on doing? There's nothing else to occur. So that's why I don't agree with it. And additionally, him having authority and him being a agent of the state, that should make it worse. That should enhance it. Somebody who has the authority to come up to a man who was accused of he literally was accused, and and we have no proof. None of the none of the people have came out and said this is true, of having a counterfeit twenty dollar bill. Now, if I have a twenty dollar bill from somebody and I don't know if it's counterfeit or not, basically he's innocent until proven guilty. So in my eyes, George Floyd was innocent of what they accused him of, which is a twenty dollar counterfeit bill. We don't have the bill. No one's no one from the store has said for sure that it's that it's uh, a counterfeit bill. They called the police, then not Derek Chauvin, but the other officers came, snatched him out of the car, abused him, put him into the car, pulled him out of the car. And then that's when Derek put him on the ground and put his knee on him. The other two officers grabbed his leg and put weight on his leg and his body. And the other, the fourth officer watched and they did this for for eight minutes and 46 seconds and further, even after that just watched him die. So how, if you want to know what my, what I think the charges should have been, it should have been first degree murder, Derek Chauvin and second degree murder for the other three. And I only reason why I would give them second degree is honestly, I could, I could make an argument, but the reason why I would give them second degree is because I can't really see their premeditation as much as I see Derek Chauvin. But the fact that they're holding him down, the fact that they told Derek, Hey, he can't breathe or we're scared something could happen, but they have a duty as a, as a peace officer, as an agent of the state, as someone who has the duty to save people's lives, they have a duty to stop Derek. They should have gotten, if you really, if you didn't want to be charged with this murder, you have to stop him. You have a duty to stop him from murdering him. So final thoughts on this, Chris, and I'm going to let you go. 
Yeah, the final thoughts is um, I think more people have to be aware and cause more pressure on these people like the prosecutor, like the medical examiner. I think it was a governor who actually said um, even before the man was even charged that we he didn't know if he had the evidence to charge him with anything. Mm, so it's sick. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really disturbing and sick, and it's just um, people. More people have to become aware and put pressure on receipt. And I think the only reason why stuff like a Breonna Taylor and um, and also uh, George Floyd is causing so much uproar is because more people are becoming aware, and we just got to put more pressure on the people who are in charge. Okay. Well, thank you, Attorney Christopher Scruggs, for showing up. <laughs> Have a good rest of your day. <laughs> thank you. You too. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to the Scruggs Show. Um, I want to go ahead and thank you, Wilson, for coming on. And I got a few questions to ask you. Okay. I may have some answers. All right. As a black man in America, how have you been feeling since May 25th when the George Floyd situation, when, when George Floyd was murdered and when everything blew up, how how has this taken a toll on you? So, um, I woke up that day and I watched the whole video. Oh. Like a lot of people haven't watched the video, but I watched the whole video. Mm. And so, like... When you talk about the conditions of being a black man in America, a lot of people, a lot of times, up until they see it, look at you like you're crazy or you're exaggerating. They dismiss it. They're like, eh, you know, like, I mean, yeah, it's not that bad. So that day I watched the whole video. And so I've just been feeling mostly numb in a lot of ways. Mm. Because as that man was, begging for his mother, I saw myself and I asked myself, in my last breath, is it my mother that I'll be reaching out for? You know? Mm -hmm. And since then, I've just seen a lot of people pay lip service and the backs and the forts and the this and the that and the this and the that. And it's like, the question that I really have is, who's still going to be down in two months? Right. Mm -hmm. When once the media, the camera, all that leaves, when they actually do arraign them, when the likely outcome might happen, right? Because in Freddie Gray's case, it was a it was a slam dunk case. In yeah. Jordan Dunn's case in Florida, it was a slam dunk case. And even though his killer did go to prison, the sort of the road that it took is indicative of the fact that of a very simple truth in America. Mm -hmm. Killing a nigga is really not that big of a deal. I'm sorry for cursing. Like, killing a black That's man okay. is really not that big of a deal in America. Like, you can't get away with it type thing. Like, yeah. And so that's what I'm sort of worried about. Like, I'm appreciative of all that's happening right now. But my question is, like, how do we make sure there's never a George Floyd? Because that police officer stood on his neck for 2 minutes and 56 and 52 seconds while he was unconscious. If you ever, if you ever have time and you have a stopwatch on your phone, on your wristwatch, wherever, just time a minute of silence. Don't, don't do nothing. Don't say nothing. 
just look at the clock for a minute and just ask yourself how you lay on top of an unconscious human being for two minutes. Because you could, if you watch the video, you could see him. You could see him going through the convulsion. You could see him go through the motions. You could see him going through the motion of his body, leaving his, his life, leaving his body. And so I was just chilling. Well, and that, I, I didn't sorry. mean to interrupt you. I was going to say that, that is deep because now they, they have these commercials where they, they will literally play breathing for eight minutes and 46 seconds. It is a very mm-hmm. long time. It is extremely right. long to, to put your knee on somebody for that long and for that person to be expected to breathe. I just spoke with my brother right. who is a licensed attorney in Illinois. He actually just got his license during the quarantine time. And he told me that uh, keeping, basically expecting somebody to breathe during that time, because now with the with the charges and, and with the medical examiner, they're trying to say that his weight and they're trying to say that he had medical issues. And mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with you putting your knee on somebody and stopping, literally stopping them from breathing. Listen. The medical examiner report came out and said that he was unconscious for two minutes and 52 seconds of those, right? Mm -hmm. So however we want to call the rest, who keeps their neck, who keeps their knee on the neck of an unconscious man for three minutes? A monster, if you ask me. Right? Like, and... And so that's the thing, like, people want to, like, okay, cool, we could discuss all the other factors, the, oh, he had, okay, once the police officer felt the body go limp, why did he keep his knee on the neck? I what think, was the reasoning? You, go ahead. That's a good question. I think that's the question that the prosecutor had to ask himself. That's the question that the jurors are going to have to ask because they have to prove <laughs> Intent, I don't think intent should be hard to prove. I think that that intent should be a no-brainer, and I think the premeditation should be a no-brainer, which would make it first degree. Um, I concur. What do you think about... the fact that... Go ahead. Go ahead. But the fact that it might still be in question, the fact that somebody could watch that... Exactly. Right? The fact that somebody else could watch that video, watch that man beg for his mama... And then their reaction to it is, let's go dig up in his past because he wasn't perfect. Let right. me know we live in strange times. Right. They put you. I pay attention to what everybody puts out, and specifically the people that are in the criminal justice system who have power. I pay attention to what they put out, and I pay attention to what the media puts out. I thought mm-hmm. my heart broke so bad when I saw him crying for his mom because his mom had recently passed away, I believe. Passed away. And right. he's. He's basically, he told them, I can't breathe. He's begging for his right. life on, right. he's begging them. And they literally right. didn't care. At all. At all. At all. Right. And so it goes back to the basic premise that black people have in America. The question of humanity. Right, because at the core, that's the that's the issue. Mm, for a long time, sick? black people—I mean, really—for a long time, black people weren't considered full human beings. Right, right, three fourths. The agreement that they passed, exactly. You know, and like the thing is, like, what's so fascinating when people have these conversations with you, it's like they talk to you. 
Well, the black people of those days almost didn't consider themselves as human. It's like, you didn't talk to them. You don't know what they thought. You didn't know what they feel. You didn't care enough to ask them. Mm. So now, boom. Now we're in 2020, right? And, you know, post-Obama, post-racial, post-this, post-that. Mm -hmm. But too many of us forget that in the eyes of many, we're still not human. And that's got to be the premise of all conversation, right? It's like, no, 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 bro. Like, forget all... I am a human being and you will respect me as such. Yeah, people it's said really that if it was a dog... I, I apologize. <laughs> no. People no, said if it was a dog, that he... That, that wouldn't have happened. Man, the officers would have gotten shot in the streets if it was a dog. What are we talking about? If yeah. it was a dog, the officers would have gotten shot in the streets. One of them concerned dog owners, because Minnesota is one of the states where people do have their second amendment rights. One of them concerned dog owners would have stopped this car, jumped out, and let off. Yeah. Let off. To see a when human being that, get treated like that is, it, is just unconscionable. And we shouldn't have to watch that. And that shouldn't have happened. Right. right. It's 2020. Because right. that's what is kind of like running through my mind. is like, yo, I watched the murder. Exactly. Right? And now I have that trauma. Of watching a whole murder. For, like, for counterfeit $20 bills, apparently. And right. I, I just talked to my brother like, about that. He's innocent of that until proven guilty, and they haven't showed us anything right. that he had right. a, that he that he had a twenty dollar bill or that he even knowingly had a, a, a counterfeit twenty dollar bill. So, you don't approach and, people and, like that based on a stupid right. twenty dollar bill. That's what I'm like. In which America is possessing counterfeit money? What the dead penalty? That's white collar crime, homie. Like that's like. What's the justification? The police officer, the Vietnamese, no, well, he's not Vietnamese, he's one that stood in between the crowd and the other one that had the police. Mm. And he saw that. Like, there was three other police officers on George Floyd's body. Exactly. Right? Like, nobody thought to themselves, hey, bro, this is a human being. This is somebody's father. No. This is somebody's son. Okay, cool. Cool. So on a crowded street on five PM in the afternoon. Yeah, it was okay, a lot of people cool. outside. I, 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 when I saw the other angles, because there's so many angles and there's so many things. Right. Even the people that were in the car before. I mean, it's little to me. It's an open and shut, uh, first degree murder, white hey. supremacist, pu pu uh, pushing police officers case i think that all of them should be the other three need to be charged with second degree but i think Derek chauvin should be charged with first degree no question let's talk a little bit about brianna taylor so brianna as i, I hmm. today is her birthday she would have been 27 you know years old i'm so sad that i had to find out about both her and her birthday in such tragic circumstances happy birthday to the young lady it's so sad she She's a, a beautiful black girl who was mm -hmm. sleeping in her home when mm -hmm. three police officers busted in, mm -hmm. claiming that they were told that this was the right address. Later found out that it wasn't, but who knows? Why would they even come in there? The person that they listen. said they were looking for had already been detained. He was in police custody. He was in police listen. custody. It was a man. How did they, how do you go from 
the people making a mistake, busting in somebody's house, shooting her eight times, getting eight shot times. at, and then you you charge her boyfriend with attempted murder of a police officer, and you all are on paid leave. Can somebody, can you, I mean, break that down for me, because as a black woman, I am hurt, Listen. I am sad, that makes me scared. I live, I live on the first floor, you know, it just makes me think so many different things, so many different thoughts. I have a sister. I have a mother. I have best friends. What do you think? I mean, what is going on? The one other very specific factor in the Breonna Taylor case that people are forgetting is it was a no-knock warrant. Which is illegal. It's not like they, right. It's not like they hit him with the, oh, Louisville police, we are coming in. Right? It's like you're sleeping in your house at three in the morning and you hear your door coming off the hinges and nobody is saying nothing. That's They're insane. moving like common criminal. Your boyfriend, because you live in a state where Second Amendment rights are a thing, gets to let off on them. Yeah. They shoot back. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they came in the house like, because when you read the whole file, so... Her house got on the map because they saw two people drive, make multiple drives from apparently downtown to her spot, right? So it's like, okay, cool. Your assumption is there's a drug operation going on in there. In order to not alert the drug dealers, we're going to perform a no-knock raid. Your warrant hasn't been updated since January. You don't have any fresh intel. You don't even know who's going to be in the house. You decide to go do a no-knock warrant. You kill somebody, and then, again, the beautiful thing is, if it wasn't for the media, if it wasn't for the pressure of people, they would have buried this. This wouldn't even be an issue. And so that's the thing. It's like no justification, no apologies to the family, no nothing. That's sick. No nothing. Like, and then there's been no arrest. Like you said, the only paid administrative leave. There's been no arrest. There's been no culpability, no admission of liability. There's been no sort of like internal call for like, hey man, maybe we shouldn't do no not ones on drug cases. Right? Because like, all right, cool, let's even say boom. How much drug are we talking about? What was Brianna's life what was what was her life worth? Was it an ounce? Was it two grams? Was it one gram? Was And that's why we say it should be legalized because that's not fair to do that even if those were people that are in there you don't knock exactly. that that whole concept but that's why we get right. into abolition because you we can't even fix policies because number one they don't follow their own policies they don't right. do what the law says the law says don't do this they they do what they want to do when it comes to black people right all of the laws even the, during none, Chauvin. Of the officers, none of the officers had their cameras turned on of course they right. didn't Right? It wasn't just one, two officers. None of the officers had their cameras turned on. Like, come on, bro. Like, let's be serious. Let's be serious. Like, when they try to reform the Louisville Police Department, one of the arguments was, the narcotics unit doesn't require cameras on their every... Why not? It's like... It's always an excuse. I don't believe it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's because you know the type of behaviors that happen. 
You know the things your officers are doing. You know your officers are circumventing the law. Because, see, that's the part, especially in the case of Brianna. It's like, there was nothing, right? Because this is not even George Floyd where you could say, oh, she had crystal met in her system. There was nothing. She's the perfect victim. Mm. Where's the outrage? Right? I'll say we end on that because I want to marinate on the outrage. Because it took months for the outrage to come and now the FBI claim they want to look into it. Come on now. It's they always do that. But I we're going to have to end on that and come back cuz this is probably going to have to be a series because it's so much to flesh out and I want to I want to dive into the minds of those three officers who are currently getting paid, who have not been arrested, have not been charged, have not been held accountable, have been coddled and taken care of. And I also want to get into the Ahmad Arbery situation. So I thank you for coming on, Wilson. And next week we're gonna get we're gonna go, we're gonna go deeper. Thank you so much for the space, blessings, and keep fighting the good fight. Peace, peace. Thank you. Bye, bye. Well, that's it. <laughs>